Hi there. My name is Amanda Poole-Walsh, and I'm the founder of Astrology Hub. And I'm Donna Woodwell, Astrology Hub's senior editor and master astrologer. And we are here for your weekly forecast for the week beginning on June 17th. All right, Donna, what's the theme? What are we navigating? Well, Amanda, it's solstice week. So we are certainly playing with the themes of the solstice, light versus darkness. But just beware of choosing a side, no matter how justified it seems at the time. Because before you know, you might realize that it's better to make no choice at all. Ha, ah, okay. <laughs> Love it. All right, let's talk about the week ahead. Okay, so once again, Monday morning, there may be a, quite a few sleep-deprived commuters on the road. The Sagittarius full moon in the overnight hours was intense, followed by a void, of course, moon that lasts all the way until midday. So if you can, stay off the roads and work from home in the morning until things clear up in the afternoon. Fortunately, the moon heads into more sensible Capricorn territory. No squishy moon comforts here, but a good, stern, sensible grandma vibe may be just what you need to break through any lingering delusions of grandeur from last weekend. Now, Uranus in Taurus reminds you that though it may sound good to be the king, royalty comes with a price, which is losing your freedom. And it, that may not be worth it. So in the early hours of Tuesday, we'll catch another of the year's slow moving aspects. This one is Saturn and Capricorn harmonizing with Neptune and Pisces. Now, this aspect represents the opportunity to use Saturn's mantras like slow and steady wins the race or take it one step at a time and focus on the president to manifest the dreams, the things that your heart desires most. Also on Tuesday morning, Mercury meets Mars in Cancer. That's a recipe for speaking before thinking. And though you may need to clear the air, you may end up saying far more than you intended and in a much harsher tone. So if you're not ready for a fight, Get out a piece of paper, write it down, and keep writing until the energy is spent. As when it is, then you can decide what you want to do with the information, if you need to do anything with it at all. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. Yay. Okay. Between Tuesday night and Wednesday is certainly one of the most challenging times of 2019, period. Because on one side of the equation, we have the moon in Capricorn, conjunct dour Saturn and Pluto, Pluto being the lord of the underworld. But on the other side, we have chatty Mercury and feisty Mars, conjunct in watery Cancer. And these are five planets all in a tug of war at the same time. Now, I'm reminded once again of the line from War Games. I'm reminded once again from the line from the movie War Games, strange game. The only winning move is not to play. Because the moment you choose a side, you are locked into this five-planet battle that just can't be won. Because the battle is the opposite of what we actually need. What we need, reflecting back on last week, is common ground in order to be able to move forward. Because the alternative is rage and senseless conflict. All right, Donna. So you said this is one of the most challenging days of the year. That's a bold statement. You even said period. <laughs> um, can we talk about this a little bit more? You know, it's moments like these where, you know, finding ways to support one another and recognizing that some things are just tough, I think is really one of the powerful gifts of astrology because there is no easy answer here. 
when two people of goodwill can see the world so differently, which is not impossible these days. Let's face it. There's lots of different opinions in the world and not a lot of dialogue going on. It's, it's easy to fall prey to all or nothing thinking and how we can support one another through this process by giving each other space, by giving each other the benefit of the doubt, by making sure we are hearing what the other person said by repeating it back to them. You know, all these are great tools for being able to help with that interpersonal conversation. But it's so important right now. I don't know, Amanda, you work a lot with relationships. What has been some of the most powerful relationship advice you've given to people when dealing with, you know, real moments of not being able to see eye to eye? Well, the one that comes to me right now, just given everything that you've said, is is the pause, is the power of the pause and and stepping away for a little bit and being, being okay with, hey, you know what? I need to just like take a time out. Like I need to just remove myself because because I'm going to say things or do things that I don't really mean and I don't want to hurt you. Yeah, I'm not I'm not here to hurt you. So it sounds to me like taking that pause and stepping away versus doing something that we might later regret. Like you said, there's no win in the you know choosing between the five planets. There's no there's no win. So the really the best thing for us to do is to let it kind of um, let time do its thing. And, and take that pause, which can be really hard, especially when you're feeling that inner tension that's driving you to do something, to like either try to fix it or try to be right or try to get the other person to see it your way, you know? So I would say let's, let's all just be really aware of those tendencies. And if they flare, just do your best to take that pause. You know, it's interesting that in the midst of all of this, the moon is turning void, like for 12 hours at a time, one time even 24 hours. So it's sort of forcing us to take a pause, whether we like it or not. And so I think the cosmos agrees with you, Amanda, and it's giving us lots of void moons to underscore that fact. Great. Well, then then the work is for us to go with that energy and not resist it, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast. So allow, allow yourself to have that downtime and don't feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all I could hear is resistance is futile. <laughs> Um, okay. So speaking of which, after these tense aspects, we do have a void moon for nearly 15 hours. So take advantage of it. Step back as Amanda suggested and process while you can. It's because what comes next after the void moon, as the moon moves into Aquarius on Wednesday night, is another really challenging aspect. This time, that very martial fight-oriented Mars opposes the lord of the underworld, Pluto himself. And all the while, the moon is preparing to square off with revolutionary Uranus and Taurus. Now, that's a lot of astrological speak, but basically what it comes down to is a recipe for a violent kind of rebellion. Now, of course, it's rare for such things to actually play out on the physical stage because if every time we had really violent aspects in the sky, violence broke out in the world, we would have far more revolutions in the world than we actually do. But nevertheless, on an archetypal level, this is really powerful stuff for individuals. Now, 
people like you and me and Amanda and everyone else working to live more mindfully, we do have the opportunity to harness this energy for our own internal kind of revolution. A final push on a kind of, we're not going to take it anymore on whatever places that we've felt ourselves stuck in by our own making. It's like the moment of that Ani Snin saying, where eventually the pain of being enmeshed in the bud, being in the cocoon, becomes greater than the pain of breaking free and becoming something new. Or as anyone else who's given birth knows, the process is messy and bloody. And yet it's miraculous too, because something amazing is occurring. Mm, Donna, how do we marry this with what we were just talking about? Because this sounds like more like taking a stand and like actually like maybe even stirring the pot and creating the messy situation that needs to happen in order for the next thing to come through. But like we were just saying before, to take the pause and like, you can't win, so don't choose a side. Um, yes. Isn't that fun? Oh, wow. <laughs> Sitting there and thinking about that is the challenge. If it were easy, if it were easy to step into a new age, we would already be there. And it's not easy because the new isn't born yet. So all we have left is, you know, the old ways of doing things. And the fighting that's going on is all about the old scripts and the dialogues. And moving into the new ones is complicated, especially since we're creating them as we go along. And so, sure, you can say, I'm going to stand for the new way of being. But does that mean you're going to stand against everybody else who's ready to go yet? And if you are standing against them, what do you think, how do you think that makes them feel? It's all of these really complicated things. If life could be easily cast in black and white or as an equation, we would already be there. Everyone would simply know what we need to do next. And yet, all this emotional torment and things we create for ourselves with our own attachments that make it so much harder to know, you know, how do the tolerant work with the intolerant and still be tolerant of them and questions like this that just aren't easy to answer. Mm. It seems like with this energy you're talking about and with everything we've talked about before, that standing for what is true for you in a compassionate way, in a way that doesn't have to be combative. Like, again, it's not like I'm right and you're wrong. It's like, this is what's true for me. And this is, this is how I feel. And then letting the other person or the other people or whatever your situation is, respond or react the way that they will and knowing that you can't actually control that. Like you actually can't control the outcome of that, but you can control the way that you show up with it. So it's almost like owning that power that you have to just be in your truth and allowing other people to react to that the, the way that they will and not letting that then put you into the turmoil. Like, that's not easy to do, but it's definitely possible. I mean, we have so many people talking about being light workers, and I'm not always sure that we understand what that really means when it's hard. When it's easy, it's easy. You can just, you know, love and laughter and it's all good. But what happens when you're a light worker and you're surrounded by, okay, I'll just pick something extreme, like screaming protesters telling you that you're wrong. And it brings up all of your own internal threats of safety and, and your self-doubts when really a light bringer needs to, you know, shoot their roots all the way into the ground and all the way up and have faith that somehow by holding space for this transformative process, 
and taking the high road and holding it like really in your body and embodying it is so necessary because everyone's going to have to do that sooner or later so that everyone can eventually make it to some new way of seeing the world without all the fears and projections that we have. And that it's not always going to be about knowing, it's going to be about embodying. I'm getting a visual of that tree. You know, maybe the visual of a tree can help us this week as we're, you know, firm and rooted and yet there's that flexibility and the trees enable us to breathe. So they are, they're definitely holding space. So it's kind of all these things all at once. I don't know, for me, sometimes having a visual to call on in those moments can be helpful. Um, so maybe we, you can think of your very, very favorite, most amazing tree and think of what qualities of that tree you can embody this week. Absolutely. And you know, if all of this sounds a little ominous, you can also think of it as a gift because the universe is giving us this little chance to practice all of this before we get into 2020. Because if you think this is complicated and it's just a little two-week period, just wait until we get into a time when this vibe lasts for months and what it's going to mean for our feelings of needing to bring in the new. And I know we've got some things planned to help support this birthing process at Astrology Hub moving into 2020. I don't know, Amanda, what do you think about this? I know a lot of people out there are inspired by this podcast. And at Astrology Hub, we love making sure to provide you with all kinds of opportunities for support to help you move through this process. But I bet some of our listeners have some really great ideas of their own of what would be supportive to them. Maybe they can email the support line and we can collect some of those things. What do you think? I love that idea. Yeah. If you have any ideas of ways that we could support you even more with the intense energies and the things that are brewing and, and whatever is happening in your life, you can go to support at astrologyhub.com. Just shoot us an email, support at astrologyhub.com. I can't always respond personally to all of them, but I do read all of them. So please send your input and we would love to hear from you. So again, support at astrologyhub.com. Great call, Donna. Thank you. Okay. Now, Thursday, fortunately, is blessedly calm. The moon sails through detached Aquarius and it may not be willing to give up its ideals, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it is willing to choose some conversation over chaos or even not to get enmeshed in the game at all. And, you know, after this week, we could all use a little breather. Moving into the weekend, it's the solstice on Friday. So Friday is the first day of summer in the Northern Hemisphere and the first day of winter in the Southern Hemisphere. And the extremes of this week are reflected in what solstice energy is. It's the longest day on one half of the globe and the longest night on the other. You know, there's a metaphor here giving us clues that darkness and light may seem black and white until you consider that we're all playing both roles for other people. And so just as the seasons change, now it's, now it's summer, now it's winter, now it's summer, now it's winter, and we keep switching places with the Southern Hemisphere, we do this for each other in our lives as we all have a chance to play the light and play the dark. And it's only by embracing that duality do we learn our full potential. So astrologically speaking, the moment of the solstice, of this solstice, is when the sun is moving into the sign of cancer. And cancer is one of the places where all this action has been going on in the past weeks. 
So the sun's presence in cancer is going to amplify all the energy that's been going on in this area of life. But at the same time, it's also going to bring some much needed light on matters, which means a lot of awareness, which is going to help many of us cope with the residue of all these changes much more consciously and constructively. Now, the energy of a solstice tends to stick around for a few months. This one suggests that despite all the noise of the week, the cosmic emergency broadcast system has just came on and said, psych, this was just a drill and it's only a drill. Because after the moon gets a few little kisses from the benefics, Venus and Jupiter in the morning, the moon's going to turn void, of course, on the solstice for a whopping 24 hours hours, and then foggy Neptune is going to station retrograde. So that means he's going to turn around and start retracing all of his steps for the next five months. Still, solstices are fire festivals, and they are a time to honor the sun's life-giving force. Now, Amanda, one of my favorite rituals for the solstice season comes from a voodoo ritual of New Orleans. What you do is go out and collect spring water to use in purification rituals throughout the, all of the coming year. So we're lucky here in Austin to have so many beautiful springs, and it's a chance to get out on the solstice and remember what sustains us. So if this is something you're interested in doing, just don't forget when you collect the water to throw in a little bit of witch hazel or vinegar or alcohol into the water. What you're going to end up is very cloudy water quickly. And if you do this in the traditional shamanic way, it's always nice to leave a little thank you gift to the spirits of the spring. So maybe a small pebble nearby or a beautiful flower to say thanks to the spirits of nature who continue to support us as we walk through the world. What do you do with the water for the rest of the year? Well, I use it for all kinds of purification rituals. So whenever, you know, every month at the dark of the moon, I like clearing out my space. And I do that by, you know, putting a wash on the floors with maybe some basil or, you know, washing off my front door. It helps to get rid of the actual dirt, but it's a reminder to me to let go of the past. And so in addition to the basil, I put some of the water that I collected at, at the solstice. Hmm, I love that. Okay, so a little ritual that helps you to honor what gives you life. And that could be water, that could be other things, right? Well, traditionally, it's water from springs that they collect because um, it gets down to the essence of, you know, the astrological correspondences that are used in, ma in magic. Now, spring water is just fresh and it's bubbling up from the earth and therefore it's full of life force and it's very masculine water in that sense. People don't think about this when they drink spring water, that they're drinking some of the most masculine form of water that there is. But it goes with the fire festival that is this, the summer solstice. Very cool. All right, let's go on to Saturday. Okay, so the quiet vibe of this, this very long void moon continues into Saturday, and then the moon moves into very watery Pisces. So maybe a bit of a post-storm shock still hanging around in the air, feelings of what, what just happened this week, or now what do I do? So just take the downtime to figure it out for yourself. The Sunday? Well, Technically, it's actually a, yet another major aspect pattern for the week. There are so many this week, it's hard to keep track of them all. This one happens to be a T-square. But in the grand scheme of things, this one's just a piece of cake because Venus is in Gemini and that's breezy and happy. It's opposite the retrograde Jupiter in Sagittarius, squaring off with the moon and Neptune in Pisces. So if you had a rough week, here's what I would do. Just do yourself a favor and take the day off. 
really off. You know, hide your to-do list from yourself if you're a Virgo like me. Binge watch something all day or go and wander around and window shop with no agenda or go see a movie double feature or go out in the woods and hug a tree or paddle around in a lake. Whatever gives your brain a complete rest because you deserve it after this week. And because eclipse season is just around the corner and you want to make sure you get a chance to rest and relax before we get another round of practice. Okay. Oh, Donna, these, these weeks, um, first of all, it's really hard for me to break it down just to three. So I have four, but the biggest takeaway, takeaways. Okay, so let's start with the theme, which is light and darkness. So watch for where you feel like righteous about your perspective. Hold off on making big decisions or like, you know, making a big stand, but I'm totally going to contradict this here soon, um, which is one of the things we talked about. But really, again, looking for this common ground because you can be in your truth and stand for something and still honor and respect someone else's perspective. It's not mutually exclusive. So, okay, that's number one. Number two, remember Saturn's mantras this week in order to manifest the thing. So whatever that's new that's wanting to be birthed, remember those Saturn mantras like slow and steady wins the race, take one step at a time, focus on the present, maybe put these in lipstick on your mirror, <laughs> put them somewhere where you'll remember. Um, okay, number three, we're going to have one of the hardest days of 2019 aspect-wise. And uh, this could show up in your interpersonal relationships. If it does, remember the pause thing we talked about. And also remembering the birth process that sometimes it just gets messy. And so uh, allowing for that potential reality too and, and knowing that that's okay. It's part of the process. And then we also have the solstice. Oh my God, like seriously, all this happening in one week? <laughs> the longest day or night, depending on where you are, it's accompanied with a void of course moon for 24 hours. So this is a great time to do some ritual and really become clear on your intentions and give thanks and gratitude for life and for all the things that come together to sustain you and your life and your opportunity here in this lifetime to, to evolve, to grow, to honor your soul contracts and all the reasons why you came here in the first place. So it's a big one. Uh, Donna, anything else you want to add before we sign off? It's a big one, but you know, hey, next week is much calmer. What can I say? Oh, good. Thank you. Actually, I love that. There's a little light at the end of the tunnel. We got this. You got this, you guys. You got it. We got it together. Um, we can do it. We can do hard. We can do anything. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode. And remember, if you would like to leave a review for us, we are collecting for every 50 reviews we receive. One lucky person will win a course from Astrology Hub. So that is happening now. Thank you again for giving us your feedback. We love it. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Are you ready to learn more about astrology, take your work with the moon cycles to the next level, and experience what it feels like to be supported by a thriving community of like-minded and like-hearted souls? Then we have the place for you. Join Astrology Hub's Inner Circle, a global community dedicated to spiritual growth, lunar forecasts, and mastery classes with leading astrologers. Simply go to astrologyhub.com slash inner circle to learn more and join us today. Reconnect with your childlike wonder of the universe and rediscover your place and purpose in it all. Join our inner circle today. Visit astrologyhub.com slash inner circle and get in our inner circle today.
Hi, this is Chris Kaplan, the producer of the Astrology Hub podcast. This episode is over, but check the show notes for links to products and services you've heard about during this episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and rate using the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts.